you. <laughs> Welcome back to Popcorn for Dinner, everybody. This is Jeff. And Kelly. So right now, ladies and gentlemen, as we speak, <laughs> well, not as we speak, because as we speak, it's Thursday and it will always be Thursday. Yes. <laughs> but as you hear, yes. as you hear, <laughs> you could go log on to your Netflix account if you have it. If you don't, go and pay for it. And or the, or lo, you leech on someone you yeah. know who has Netflix. I don't care. I don't work for Netflix. But you can go on to Netflix. And if you have three and a half hours to spare, like every normal adult does, three mm-hmm. and a half straight hours to spare. Oh, yeah. Uninterrupted. Um, yeah, you can sit down and you can watch the brand new Martin Scorsese movie, The Irishman. First movie. Um, well, first movie in a long, long time. Well, maybe it's not that long. 2006. So first movie since 2006 that um, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci have been in together. That is. Um, it was uh, the previous one was The Good Shepherd, which was actually okay. Robert De Niro's um, directorial. I, I don't know if it was his directorial debut uh, or it was just a long running passion project for him. Okay. And he coaxed his old buddy to come out of <laughs> retirement, like semi retirement, to come mm-hmm. and play a small role. That's, that's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, so 2006, last time they worked together. 2008, the last time uh, De Niro and Pacino worked together in Righteous Kill, which I know I mentioned in our, I think our first episode, I talked about Righteous yeah. Kill. <laughs> um, and the first time, first time ever that Pacino has worked with Scorsese, and more specifically, yeah. how the, did that not happen sooner? That's like that's everybody's question. Like whenever they when they're doing like press junkets and stuff, that's literally they're always just like, why hasn't this happened before? And everyone's like, fucking, how do we know? <laughs> what do you want us to say? They're all they're all very it just much hasn't. Yeah, they're all very much like those characters and the like all the mobster characters in the mm-hmm. movies where it's just like, hey, it just it didn't happen. What are you gonna do? You know what I'm saying? It's just what, yeah. you, what, what, what are we gonna do? Um, and the first time since 1995 that Scorsese, De Niro, and Pesci all worked in a movie together, and that. <laughs> is the movie that we're going to talk about. Not The Irishman, because <laughs> it hasn't come out yet. I already explained this to you people. Also, I hadn't seen it before. Exactly. That's the best part. We could have sat down and watched a bunch of Scorsese movies that mm-hmm. we'd seen before. We could have just watched Goodfellas again. Exactly. There's never a bad time to watch Goodfellas. This is true. But in this case, it just it really came down to that. It's like, oh, my God, you hadn't, hadn't seen it before? It's mm-hmm. it's it's Goodfellas too. It's yeah. <laughs> it's such a, oh, man, it's 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 wonderful, and it's... There's something so charming about the way that this this movie presents itself in like a yeah. not horribly serious manner. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it it's plenty serious. It deals with plenty of like serious shit. Yeah. But it does it's not like really dour and downtrodden about everything. And it just has a has a great sense of humor. Like the fact that the <laughs> the voiceover says, you know, like way back when, back home, and then the fucking time and place yeah. stamp comes up and it's back home way back when or whatever yeah. <laughs> that was wonderful like but i love that or when they're talking in code and it has subtitles yeah. for what they really mean that was a great touch i loved that yeah so it was it was a lot of fun watching it again and I, i'm i'm glad that it was an enjoyable experience watching it for the first time yes it was it was quite the experience <laughs> i had heard like bits and pieces and things and like I knew going in that someone's head got put in a vice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, pretty infamous. But didn't know the like graphic details mm-hmm. of said vice scene. <laughs> so that was fun to experience for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun too because like in it's it's this way with a lot of 
Scorsese's movies, especially his like mob epic kind of movies. <laughs> um, and I've heard that it's very similar in uh, The Irishman, just the way that it like it takes place over such a long period of time. Like none of his movies yeah. like that ever take place in like a week or a month. It's literally <laughs> like decades or years or however yeah. fucking long it is. So it kind of winds up feeling and and this isn't supposed to be an insult at all because it kind of it just feels like a like like his style. But it feels like the movie is almost just like an extended montage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just like, all right, and then we're going to go here and then we're going to go here and then we're going to go here and we're going to go here. And then this scene is needs a little bit of context. So instead of spending 20 minutes of movie building up the context, you literally just have Joe Pesci voiceover yeah. be like, so this motherfucker <laughs> over here, this is why I was doing this to him. And then they show it. Yeah. And it keeps going. And in, in lesser hands, it would feel really cheap and lazy yeah of like jesus you're not you're not setting anything up you're just giving us like money shot after money shot <laughs> and just throwing off a little bit like oh this is why this was happening but it just fucking works yeah it really does i love the fact that in like juxtaposition to goodfellas because i'm pretty certain i'd have to i'd have to sit and watch it again honestly but i feel like in goodfellas it's all henry you know, yeah. it's like it's Henry's voiceover. It's his story. It, uh, it's from his point of view. No, uh, his wife. Oh, that's does, right. She does get it. She gets yes. a little bit. Yes, that yeah. is true. Um, so I guess it's not completely foreign. Uh, mm -hmm. But I love the fact that it's like right off the bat, even it shows Ace and you're mm -hmm. getting his voiceover and talking about stuff. Mm -hmm. And then immediately he's like, and then there was fucking Nikki over here. And then all, and then it <laughs> jumps. And now it's Joe Pesci's voiceover. Yeah. Uh, and then later you get Frank's voiceover in that yeah, brief yeah. moment of like, what the fuck was I supposed to do? I, just, I, yeah. I told him what he needed to hear, whatever. <laughs> and then that's, that's all he gets. Um, and another thing, I was really pissed off. Um, Is that me? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really pissed off. So for anyone who doesn't know, we live right by the train and there's trains <laughs> that go by. You know, and so sitting down, you know, if we sit down and watch, you know, a couple episodes of Bob's Burgers or something like that. Yeah. You, whatever. You deal with it. It doesn't really matter. But when you're trying to sit down and watch a three hour long movie yeah, and it's like, you can hope that the train will pass during a moment where it's just like a musical montage. So you can kind of get away with yeah. it. But then there are other times where it's passing. And especially as someone who's watched it before sitting there and being like, don't you fucking dare cover up this line of dialogue or don't you fucking dare, yeah. you know, mess this part up. The part I'm not sure if you caught. If you're questioning, it's likely that I missed it because <laughs> okay, I know well, that I missed. It's just it it happened right when a train was going by, and I thought I, I thought the train was far enough by. Okay. Um, I could kind of hear it, but I also knew that it was coming. Also, though, I'm pretty sure I have worse hearing than you. Okay. You know, so it's yeah. possible you're a little bit closer to the TV where you were sitting. Your hearing's a little better than mine. Yeah. You might have been able to pick it up better than I did. Okay. Um. But in that last scene with Nikki, where mm -hmm. he goes to the cornfield and mm -hmm. the guys betray him and they kill him and everything, did you hear his voiceover react to him getting hit by the bat? I didn't. Oh, goddamn trains, dude. <laughs> Man, that is one of my favorite fucking things. He's literally like, you know, he's walking and, you know, the characters in the scene are talking to each other, but it's kind of muted. Yeah. And you hear him like, and I uh, brought my brother Dominic and we were doing whatever, blah, blah, blah. And Frank comes up with the bat and you hear the bat ding and his voiceover goes, ah. As he gets hit with the bat. It's so fucking great. Okay. In, a, in a way that's like, it's almost like tone breaking of like, <laughs> this scene should be a little more serious. And yet mm -hmm. that almost seems kind of like a joke. But at the same time, it's so perfect because you're like, he's giving a voiceover. Yeah. So he's telling you about this. So he's fine. 
Yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, he's fucking not. Yeah. He's dead by the end of the scene. Like the voiceover cuts off because it's like that's the end of it. Yeah. So it leads you into that sort of false sense of security of like, mm-hmm. oh, no, yeah, he's he's telling this story. So he must be OK. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, he's not. His voiceover dies <laughs> and then he dies. And it's wonderful. Speaking of people not dying <laughs> at the end, uh-huh. definitely thought that Sam was going to blow up. Also, I had early suspicions that it was Ginger's fault. Well, not fault. <laughs> fault. Like but she it was, accidentally uh, left yeah. the bomb in the car. <laughs> <laughs> that it was that it was Ginger's doing. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I I forgot like what the exact circumstances of that car bomb was because mm-hmm. it's like I know that it opens the movie. I knew that he survived. I knew that he gets saved because of the make and model of the car. So I knew all of that, but I completely blanked. On why he even gets a car. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, why? who's who's bombing him? And then watching it, I was like, oh, fucking right. It's, it was Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that Joe Pesci has such a bigger part. You know what I mean? It's kind mm-hmm. of like, it's kind of partly the Joe Pesci show, really. Because <laughs> in Goodfellas, he's in it and he's got a real memorable part. Yeah. And he does a lot of good shit in it. And it's, you know, iconic of a character. So it's like, okay, yeah. clearly it's a, it's a great part. And he's a great actor in that part. But it really is more uh, Henry and Jimmy. You know, it's really mm-hmm. more Ray Liotta and Robert De Niro. Yeah. And Joe Pesci, he's kind of there too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in this one, it's very much the two of them. So he gets like a lot more screen time. He gets a lot more fucking juicy dialogue and shit, which I read was apparently very improvised between him and De Niro. Oh, nice. And it's like, if they improvised that scene out in the desert, that scene, yeah, then they fucking both deserved awards for that movie for, <laughs> for just coming up with that. Like Ever since I've seen it, that's probably one of my favorite Martin Scorsese scenes of all time. You know, and normally <laughs> I'd give my odds coming home alive from a meeting with Nikki, you know, 90 percent. Yeah, 90%. <laughs> this time. And maybe 50-50. Like, just that alone. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then that rant. That fucking Joe Pesci <laughs> rant. What a classic fucking rant. Because as, as a kid, I mean, I, I'm sure as most kids or people who are our age when, mm-hmm. when we're kids, it's like, chances are your first Joe Pesci movie is Home Alone. You know? Yeah. So it's like, you see him and he's just this, like, goofy fucking guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though kind of the whole point of that, they were kind of like playing... With his persona, you know what I mean? Where it's like he's the toughest fucking gangster in town, yet now he's sort of like the bumbling fool getting taken out by Macaulay Culkin. Wannabe robber. Yeah. Um, As a kid, you you don't get that subtext. You're just like, oh, he's a bad guy and he's kind of silly. Yeah. And then you fucking watch Goodfellas and you're like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, don't don't fuck with Joe Pesci. Seriously, what was was his name in fucking Kevin? Kevin in Home yeah. Alone, right? Kevin should not, really shouldn't have fucked with that guy. No. He, he, should. he had no clue what he was dealing with. I love the way that everything fell apart. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Like there was the bug. In the produce the, shop. In the produce shop, and they heard him bitching about people. Yeah. <laughs> that is really the moment in, in so many of his, like, gangster epics where it really, like, obviously it's towards the end of it all mm-hmm. for, for all the movies. But just like once once that ball starts rolling, it's like I've already been on board for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But that is when it's just like, oh, fuck, yes. <laughs> you know, Goodfellas, when the whole heist thing starts falling apart or well, the heist itself doesn't really fall apart. Stax fucks it up and then they shoot him. 
But then at the end, <laughs> when everyone starts going down and they're just yeah. like finding corpses everywhere, uh, <laughs> and then Casino, I, I I forget if they show people getting killed in Goodfellas. I feel like they just keep finding the bodies. Like there's the guy hanging in the meat truck. There's the guys in the dumpster. Yeah, you know, there's uh, I know they show them killing Maury, but I forget if there's other people that you see get killed. But in Casino, I like that they like show it happening mm-hmm. instead of just being like, oh, and then they found him dead. Oh, and then they found him dead. Especially that fucking dude who made it all the way down to like the Bahamas or whatever. <laughs> He's just running in and out of the doors of his mansion. Like, yeah. oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> this is essentially just going to sort of devolve into a Scorsese podcast, specifically <laughs> more so than just Casino. Um but I like the way that they do like that exact same kind of thing in Wolf of Wall Street. But it's, you know, it's bloodless. Yeah. Because they're all just these fucking white collar douchebags. Yeah. <laughs> so they're all just getting, you know, arrested and taken away and whatever. And it's not a bunch of people getting shot in the head. Yeah. It seems so unfair. Like for the most part, the gangsters in like casino and stuff, they're not really like ripping off a little guy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're kind of, you yeah. know, they're skimming from a giant fucking casino and all yeah. that. Yeah. So it's the fact not their that, fault the little guy goes and puts their money there. Right. <laughs> it, it, more so just what I mean, like the crimes and the things that they're doing, they're not really victimizing a whole lot of like lower level folks. You know, for yeah. the, I mean, a lot of the people who work there and are lower level are getting like, you know, $200 tips for parking a car because they're fucking gangsters who love throwing money around. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if anything, they're coming out pretty well. They yeah. probably hated when all the gangsters left Las Vegas. <laughs> um, but like for the ripping off of the big guy, they all fucking wind up dead. You know what I mean? Like get shot in the head and yeah. executed and all that kind of stuff. And then you get fucking Wolf of Wall Street, those pricks. And they're mm-hmm. literally just ripping off the little guy, ripping off all these regular people and oh, stealing yeah. from them. And they get the country club resort prisons. Mm-hmm. And it just seems, and it, it's obviously supposed to be fucked up. Yeah. Like I hated the fact that people were like, I can't believe that that movie that movie glorifies being a uh, you know ripping people off and taking people's money cuz look he winds up in a in a nice place and he winds up you know giving speeches and stuff and it's like that's the fucking point yeah that they didn't get punished the way that they really fucking should have gotten punished exactly cuz um, like you think it's unfair in the movie well that's real life <laughs> yeah exactly i'm sure people fucking were pretty pissed off when it really happened yeah um it's just such an interesting switch on a like classic Scorsese moment of like, yeah, at the end when all the gangsters fucking get taken out so that, you know, keep things quiet or whatever. And then these fucking assholes, the ones who probably deserve oh, yeah. to get taken out are the ones who get cushy fucking white collar prison bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, th- those, those are probably like my favorite bits in, in those movies. Like once shit starts going downhill oh, yeah. And everything's collapsing and the way that the things collapse. Because, yeah, like you were talking about with the bug, like the fact that the bug was in the store. For something else. Yeah, about something else completely. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, that is such that. Is, I mean, I'm sure that's actually how it happened. But it's like that is such the real life way that that shit would happen. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? They would not find it where they're digging. No. It would pop up somewhere else and they'd be like, what the? F- oh, shit. We got them all. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Something that I, I noticed that. uh Scorsese's mom, her, the character, mm-hmm. she tells him, like, you got to calm down. You're going to have a heart attack because he's getting all flustered yeah. and all that. And then when they find his books at the end and they're about to take him in, he has a fucking heart attack and dies. <laughs> it's like, she was right. <laughs> I like how many oh, times they reference Al Capone. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that line. That's such a fucking good line. 
Uh, and he's like, you know, they'll put you in that black book. And he's like, just fucking two names in that book. And one of them's still Al Capone. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a fucking great line. What was the other one? I don't remember. I didn't. I don't know. He was talking about back home. Okay. Literally, there's just so much to fucking talk about in that movie. Like, in terms of just fun shit, interesting shit, terrifying shit. Yeah. Uh, that fucking vice scene. It's not as gruesome as it sounds like when you hear it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people mm-hmm. think that it's like you see his head get like fully squashed and it's like it's uncomfortable yeah. greatly, but it's not as horrific as it seems like it would be. <laughs> um, something funny. So one thing, I'm pretty sure that we knew people who were in a band called Charlie M and it took a long time to realize like, oh, from that fucking Vice scene. <laughs> Charlie M, you make me crack your head open for Charlie M. <laughs> like, oh, they, that's a that's a good band name. I will yeah. give it to you. Yeah. I didn't realize it at the time, but it's a good name. <laughs> um, but the other thing that I read about is that that scene, uh, that scene is a prime example of, I'm sure there's tons of like terms for it. I've heard, I've heard people just call it like the sacrificial lamb scene. Mm-hmm. And that is where you have a movie like, fucking Scorsese has a movie like Mm -hmm. Casino and you're like okay they're gonna fucking hit this hard ratings wise Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna make one scene that's so fucked that -hmm. they're gonna pay real hard attention to it and I'm gonna be totally cool with cutting it Mm -hmm. so that everything else can stay you know what I mean so it's like that pen scene is pretty fucking gruesome that he just fucking shoves it in his neck and it's dripping with blood but you figure the MPAA would probably have a harder time with a dude getting his head squeezed. And apparently it was a little bit more gruesome mm-hmm. and they did cut it back a little bit. They just didn't cut the whole thing because the MPAA didn't say shit about it. Okay. <laughs> they just like rolled through and they're like, yeah, R rating for violence. And yeah. I was like, uh, oh. Violence and language. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Um, cool. Like he was totally yeah. ready to be like, yeah, we don't really, I guess, I guess that scene doesn't need to be in there. So. If they say like, oh my God, that head vice scene, he could be like, okay, okay, you twisted my arm. Yeah. I'll cut <laughs> you it. You got me. <laughs> yeah, so so that he could keep everything else. But apparently mm-hmm. they were just like, yeah, whatever. Turn it down a little bit. Yeah, which makes it even more fucked up because Casino was 95. This was one year after, uh, after Clerks came out. Mm-hmm. They gave Clerks NC-17 for language. On its original pass. Wow. And then they went and they appealed and they got it brought down to an R. So the idea that fucking clerks can happen and the NBAA can be like NC-17 motherfuckers and Mm -hmm. then they have to like beg them to pull it back. And then Casino rolls through and they're like, yeah, whatever. I mean, obviously. Exactly. It's Scorsese. It's Scorsese. (laughs) Of course he's going to have a little bit more leeway. But just like you should be an impartial jury on this sort of thing if that's your job. But it clearly is not impartial at all. Yeah. Um, no. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of goofy to me. Something else I love that I, I read real quick. I was scrolling through some like trivia, which mm-hmm. obviously I always take with a grain of salt. Who fucking knows how real these things are? But this one right. felt super real in terms of just being like, you could see it happening. Mm-hmm. So it was wonderful. Apparently, Sharon Stone specifically told the little girl playing her daughter. To annoy James Woods as much as she could. Because the scene where she gets on mm-hmm. the payphone mm-hmm. and you can see James Woods and the girl in the car and she's still fucking with him. She's like poking at him and he's like, what are you doing? What, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, that's like real. <laughs> like that's he, awesome. might, he might not have actually been that angry with the little girl. Yeah. But he like went with it because it was like, 
what is she doing? She just keeps fucking with me. Like, yeah. I guess I gotta be mad at her. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's such a such a funny thing to see. I'd, I'm not the biggest James Woods fan. Like, he's good. Um, I kind of don't like him as a person. <laughs> if you've ever read his Twitter account, it's a nightmare. But his roles and his acting and his whatever are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really always loved him in this movie. Just like, God, I want to know whose idea that mustache was. <laughs> you know, was that? It's perfect. Exactly. Like, that. you you knew exactly what kind of dude he was the second you oh, see yeah. him. Like, even without oh, the voiceover yeah. being like, he was her pimp. He was her this. He was her that. It's like, you don't even need that. Yeah. You see that mustache. You know everything you need to know about this guy. <laughs> and I really want to know, was that James Woods or was that Scorsese? Was Scorsese like, you need a mustache? Or was James Woods like, just come to set with a mustache? And he's like, I can shave it if you want. And he's like, oh, my God, no, it's perfect. And Sharon Stone, another another anecdote. Apparently, she didn't think they were serious about giving her the role. Oh. Because she there was like a couple of times where it was like she was supposed to go and like read for it mm-hmm. and oh marty's uh marty's meeting ran late so he can't make it mm-hmm. and then another time and oh you know something else came up and uh and marty can't make it so then they scheduled it a third time and she was like forget it and she went out to dinner with someone you know like and she, she just went out mm-hmm. and fucking scorsese tracked her down <laughs> to be like no 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 you don't understand i need you in this movie like he, he went to her which is pretty fucking that cool. Is, That's got to feel good. That is awesome. And yeah. you get a fucking Oscar. I forget, I don't. Oh shit! I don't remember if she won, but I know she was nominated for for an, an Oscar for this movie. And it's like that's got to feel fucking amazing to be like. Not only are you like offered a part mm-hmm. in a Scorsese movie, he fucking wants you in the part. Yeah. And you nail it. You fucking nail it. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh. She she did she didn't have to do anything else for the rest of her career, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at least in, from my perspective, it was like I would feel fucking vindicated as hell. Just be like, well, there you go, world, <laughs> and I'm done. Yeah, really, just quit. Go out on top, on and that's top. it. <laughs> yeah, man, she was she was fucking phenomenal in that movie. Yeah, she was. You know, we made the joke earlier about you know Goodfellas too. Yeah, <laughs> um, and obviously there's reasons, mm-hmm. like we were saying. I mean, for one, you got De Niro and Pesci. Mm-hmm. Two, you get Petchy as sort of the like wild card crazy guy. Yeah. So okay. And then you also get the like in a bar fucking someone up scene. <laughs> you know, so it's like there, there are plenty of reasons why it's very, very similar. But it really feels like he like he he took a step as a filmmaker. Like I know there were movies between Goodfellas and Casino. Mm-hmm. But he clearly had sort of grown and and his style was kind of building, and it's so fun to see. Like shit that he did in Casino that he didn't do in Goodfellas, mm-hmm. but that you can like kind of see continuing on into other movies like The Departed. Like um, for one, the one moment that always stands out to me that I really love is when when he's got the the cheaters at the card tables mm-hmm. and all those officers start yeah. rolling up. Yeah, yeah. Everything else kind of dims just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And those guys stand out. They're kind of highlighted so that you like see that, you know, it's almost a little on the nose of like, look at them. (laughs) But it really does give you that cool feeling of like, oh, fuck. Oh, okay. Because I'm sure there's plenty of people who, if that scene had just been shown and there was no kind of highlighting of those guys, they wouldn't really notice all that much. Yeah. And so to really put a point, it's like, that's what this shot is for, to show you these guys. <laughs> if you just think it's a shot of a casino, you're wrong. So he, <laughs> he you know, focuses your intent like mm-hmm. that. Or that wonderful shot when Nikki is leaving the, uh, the diamond exchange place or whatever, mm-hmm. and he goes to his car, and it's that tiny little pinhole, like – 
silhouette on mm-hmm. him and then it expands and opens up and shows you the whole shot yeah they use that same thing in the departed when matt damon first shows up for his job at the police department mm. it's just the one little circle with matt damon in it and then yeah. it opens up to show you the whole big thing so it's super cool watching that kind of <laughs> stuff and i love those fucking shots of the old guys back home you know what i mean where they're just it's just a black room and a table and some old italian guys sitting around talking Mm -hmm. and they they just cut back to it all the time when they're talking about back home and Mm -hmm. the the bosses and the guys and all that and it it looks like a painting it's like a fucking last supper kind of thing (laughs) that he's got up there which is something really cool that's like a little more stylized than Mm -hmm. goodfellas goodfellas is very very just here's the here's what's happening yeah and Casino gets to to play around a little bit yeah. more. And I feel like he was having a lot of fun doing it. And holy <laughs> fuck, that movie is huge. You know what I mean? Goodfellas has some really great sequences in it, like the the Copacabana scene. You know, mm-hmm. where they go in through the back door and then they're inside and there's all the people there and blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, it's a big old scene. Mm-hmm. But just fucking like a casino and Vegas and all the locations they go to. And there's a fucking courtroom yeah. sequence. And it, it's just, it seems like just the biggest fucking movie I've ever, you know, <laughs> it, it's, I, I can't really think of a better way to put it other than it just seems so huge. Like, fuck, this is, this is someone just being given the reins. Yeah. Like just being like, hey, Scorsese, you want to make this movie? Like do everything. Yeah. It's like you want to go have fun in Vegas. Exactly. Like you want to shoot in a real casino after hours and just it's okay, cool. You know, shoot in Vegas on the strip here, there, all over the fucking place. Everything Mm -hmm. is glitzy and glamorous and there's fucking lights everywhere. And it just it's like it's excessive in the best way. Like Goodfellas is much more grounded and like this is what we do. We live here and we do whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of, you know, houses and the backs of bars and whatever. And Vegas is just like, ah, showtime, fucking yeah. lights everywhere. Oh, my God. The movie perfectly reflects the city oh, with yeah. how like grand it is. It's probably my favorite movie that takes place in Las Vegas. Like, and there's not, not like not there's... Vegas vacation. <laughs> I mean, I like that. You know, it's funny. I did not know this until I was reading in the thing and just watch. I'll go watch Vegas vacation and it'll be wrong. Just watch the fucking trivia. <laughs> Apparently, the guy who comes in to deal to Nikki when he's all hammered and he's like, mm-hmm. take this card and pound it up your fucking ass. That, that guy. Yeah. He is one of the dealers at the like shit casino that Clark <laughs> and Eddie go to. I think he's, he's the dealer for war when they're playing war <laughs> at the casino. He's the guy. That's like, hilarious. Oh my God. That's so funny. You know that they had to have tracked him down. Like, oh yeah. We need him. It's yeah. gotta be the guy from casino. <laughs> oh my God. He, he probably has the funniest, facial expression in the movie because he fucking he lays down a face card and nikki's pissed off like take this fucking card and pound it up your ass and he gives a look over to like pit boss who's like yes keep going and he hits him again and it's another face card and he's Mm -hmm. like pound this one up your sister's ass and he goes to deal again and he deals another face card and he just does that like oh my god kind of face he kind of like closes his eyes a little bit and he's just like you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, <laughs> he knows. Like, please yeah. just give him a two. Give him anything other than another face card. He's so pissed off. And when he deals it, you see the look at the realization of like, oh, my God. Like, this dude's just going to keep harassing me all night. That scene did stick out to me. It specifically was King, Queen, King. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a great one. And I do love the way that it, the way the camera work in that one where it's like, 
when he throws the first card and it fucking lands on the button of his shirt. <laughs> so brilliant. Like yeah. I, I love that it, it even cuts away. Like when it cuts mm-hmm. back, it's gone. And you just know that it's like, you know, Marty, that's technically a continuity error. And he's like, yeah, but that shot, when it lands on his shirt, it's so fucking great. Who cares if it's a continuity yeah. error? <laughs> you know, he's he's never really cared about shit like that. And I really admire that. Where it's like, <laughs> was that a great shot? Like, oh, yeah. It's like, did it technically merge with the next shot? No. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. It yeah. was a great shot. I'm using it. Yeah. <laughs> fucking I paid for it. You know, the we best shot for. we got, that's the shot we're using. Exactly. Um, but then when he throws the second card, the camera just kind of goes a little bit closer to him. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Even just just for a shot of a guy getting abused <laughs> by Joe Pesci, it's but still like, brilliant. But in, like, the the lightest way possible. Of all the people to- who get abused by him in this movie, he gets it the lightest. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and another, like, just piece of brilliance, which is slightly tied into The Irishman as well. Mm-hmm. Um in the weirdest way, I didn't even know this existed <laughs> until like the other day when I looked at the like Wikipedia page for the Irishman. Okay. Um, the goddamn brilliance of hiring Don Rickles of all people hiring Don Rickles to play like the least funny guy in the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like famous insult yeah. comedian and Mr. Potato Head himself, <laughs> Don Rickles, is in your movie. And, you, and he's you, the straight man. Yeah, you don't give him a single fucking joke. Um, but slightly related to the Irishman, Don Rickles is a character in the Irishman. Huh? Jim Norton is playing him and he's a comedian. I don't know if you really know him. Uh, he, he's done a lot of radio shit, but he's, he's like, he's kind of like a skinny, smaller, bald guy. Okay. And he kind of does, he does, he doesn't really do insult stuff, mm-hmm. but he's kind of got that like acerbic wit and attitude where okay. it's like he'll he'll throw some shit your way you know he'll, he'll yeah, bust yeah. your balls so it seems like a really fun choice for that mm-hmm. like oh that's interesting okay but at the same time it's like and you've worked with don rickles too martin yeah. scorsese like you know what i mean it's like you could tell him if he's fucking up he's like you know don really wouldn't have said it like that yeah he really wouldn't have said it like that you know it's like that's gotta be intimidating like there's there's very specific things that i remember whenever i think about casino one of them is obviously that desert scene. There's the the head and advice scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one that always sticks out to me that it just it feels like it feels like it could have been even from uh, from Wolf of Wall Street too, because it's just so outlandish. But you know that it has to be a true story when the fucking Fed's plane runs out of gas <laughs> yes. and they land on the fucking <laughs> golf course. Oh man. Yes. That gets me every time. Like it, it, I, it's like I know it's the feds. I know that they're gonna come running out of the plane and like yeah. running past them. Like like there's nothing happening. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's it's funny every single time. Hundred dollars to whoever hits the plane. It <laughs> starts swinging at it. Oh man. I went to Vegas as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like my my family and I vacation went to Vegas. Probably you know. 96 97 something like that kind of right around when the movie came out (laughs) um so i know i mean and again now it's even older you know now there's even been another fucking 20 years past since then um but like i knew the vegas that this movie like lamented you know what i mean where it's like (laughs) oh fuck now it's become like fucking disney world and there's this and that when they show like the luxor the the pyramid (laughs) and they show the mgn lion i'm like 
I went there. I stayed there. It was fun. There's an arcade. And then when you grow up and watch the movie and it's like, oh, okay, that's why people fucking hate it. Yeah. Because it used to not be a place for a bunch of kids to go dick around and play at arcades and, you know, yeah. all that kind of – it's like it was a place for fucking – people to, to do the kind of shit they wanted to do and now it's a family destination yeah. kind of place it wasn't the scummy oasis yeah in the desert exactly and it's like it's no longer like the place where it's like you go and you disappear for a week you know yeah. like you go there and then you come back and even as much yeah. as they still try to push the like what happens in vegas stays in vegas it's like yeah not not like it did. No. Like it's and, and not even in like a romantic sense of like, man, I wish it would be like that again. It's like, yeah, eh, I don't like all that talk about holes in deserts. Yeah. <laughs> I much prefer that's... a place without a lot of holes in the desert out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, uh, I'll stick with current Vegas. Thank you. Yeah. But it's it's really interesting to see like what it was. Yeah. And what it kind of and I like the fact that the movie the movie doesn't just show you what it was. It also shows you that, even if it's just briefly at the mm-hmm. end, it shows you like that change, that yeah, metamorphosis. What it yeah, exactly. Where it's like once they went down, it all came yeah. down, and it's like, and that really kind of nails home the point of the whole movie. Because watching it again, like I'm always super self conscious when I show someone a movie, <laughs> and especially a movie like this where uh, Scorsese himself has famously said that it's like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, a lot of action, a lot of story, no plot yeah. at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no, there's nothing driving the movie forward at any given point in time. Yeah. Except for like, hey, this is the next thing that fucking happened. Or like, this also happened. Yeah, or, just the, the general intrigue into what the events of these people's lives were. Yeah, so like the fact that it doesn't really have a plot and there's no particular, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you pause it and you're like, what do you think happens next? You'd be like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, So, but it's like hopefully you're on board for it. Yeah. But once it gets to that end point, all of a sudden it kind of falls into place. Yeah. And you're like, okay. It's not just a story of a guy who gets to the mm-hmm. casino and eventually falls. It's literally about the change from the old ways to the new way, yeah. you know, that shift and the fact that it's like these people weren't just there for it. They kind of did it. Yeah. Unintentionally. Yeah. <laughs> but they they were the reason that everything had to change, essentially. Yeah. And so it's just really cool, like watching it again and getting to that moment. And you're like three hours of almost no plot at all. <laughs> and then it really finally kind of gets nailed home. And it's like, oh, my God. And then that. That great just last line, like, and that was it. Yeah. And the movie's over. And it's like, <laughs> God, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, it really is. The only, like, question that I was left with was what happened with his daughter? Like, mm-hmm. she was clearly, she clearly had to have been traumatized by seeing the madness that happened yeah. between the, them when she was staying at the neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, her mother had tied her up. Yeah. Like, God, I completely forgot about that scene, by the way. I was like, when, when he gets there and he can't get in the room, I was like, okay, right. Yeah, she she locked her in the room. Right. And then it was like, oh, fuck, that's right. She tied her to the bed. That <laughs> lunatic. Yeah. I, I really like that scene afterwards when he's confronting her mm-hmm. at the restaurant. Because it really just shows, like, Sam, Ace, whatever. He so clearly wanted control of everything. Yeah. And he so clearly had like none. 
other than what he actually like ran when he was yeah. at the casino, he was in his element, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And fucking you're goddamn not enough blueberries in this fucking muffin. And yeah. <laughs> you idiot putting the wrong slots in the wrong place. And you didn't know you were getting fucking scammed by this yeah. machine. You're fucking fired. <laughs> like when he's in that element, he can like basically do no wrong. And he, he knows the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, oh, and he wants to control, uh, you know, he basically wants to control, you know, Ginger and decide mm-hmm. that she's his wife and they'll be happy and they'll have kids and all that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't work. Wrong person. Not even her fault. Because it's just who she is. Exactly. It's like you never should have. And she tried. warned him. Yeah. That that really struck me. A lot mm-hmm. of people give shit to Sharon Stone. I mean, not Sharon Stone. She's obviously right. brilliant in it. But they give shit to the character of Ginger. Mm-hmm. And they say it's really demeaning to women and that it's like a shitty just a shitty character and that it's like oh like what a what a male chauvinistic way to think of like oh this woman can't handle herself and she just gets all drunk and drugged up and blah 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 it's like she says that's what she is right at the beginning like she yeah. knows what the fuck she is and she's comfortable with it yeah and he's the one who's like i should make you a wife and marry you and we'll be happy and we'll you'll have all these nice things and obviously she'll, she'll go along yeah. with the ride because it's like well fuck i mean i'm trying to get nice things yeah so that helps but the the fact that you think that that now makes her a different wife person. Mater- exactly yeah. like wife material, someone who will be like, oh, yeah, let's just yeah. settle down and have kids and do this and that. It's never going to happen. Yeah. And then and, he throws it in her face later. Yeah. When they're and, arguing, like, once a hooker, always a hooker. Yeah. Like, and then she bails. Like, she told you. Uh, and Nikki as well. He seems to think that it's like, oh, well, you know, he'll come out here, but uh, we'll try to keep things cool. And then mm-hmm. he just, he I mean, truthfully, Nikki does fuck it up for him a lot because he does yeah. a lot of stupid shit and he gets him in trouble and all of that. Nikki is Nikki. Yeah, but at the, at the same time, exactly. It's like, that's who he, the fuck he yeah. is. You've grown <laughs> up with this guy. You know what he's like. And you're still like, well, let's give it a try. And it's really just a guy who thinks he can control everything and mm-hmm. he can't. And it's a little tragic, but also a little bit just like, fucking you get what you get, man. Yeah. You wanted it. You wanted everything to be perfect. And you basically picked the worst people to bet it on. <laughs> you can pick every sports game perfectly, but you could not get the right bet on who to fucking marry and who to have as your like right hand buddy. Yeah. Like bad show. You need a different muscle. I mean, obviously Nikki was effective, but Yes. Shit got a little out of hand. He's just a loose cannon. That's all. <laughs> He's a tiger. I loved that cut. <laughs> when it's it show when it, I I think it's when he's like yeah I took care of my business and uh, Nikki took care of his and it shows him just like beating the shit out of that dude in the yeah, alley yeah. and like smashing his car with the garbage can <laughs> and then like in the midst of action of him like oh fucking shit up and being crazy it then immediately cuts to out in front of one of the casinos and the the tiger like <laughs> and I was just like oh my god what a cut what a brilliant <laughs> fucking cut Scorsese fucking genius <laughs> so seriously everyone needs to. As soon as you get the chance, you need to sit down and you need to watch The Irishman. I mean, obviously we haven't seen it yet, so we have no idea if it's any good. But I We're pretty much, I pretty much fucking guarantee you, it's going to be pretty good. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be it for popcorn for dinner today. Uh, this is Jeff and Kelly, and uh, that's that. <laughs>